0: What's up everybody, Tara Wellman here, and the 2018 season is about to get real as the Cardinals take on Wrigley Field for the first three games with the two-time defending National League Central champion Chicago Cubs. And yes, as a lifelong Cardinals fan, that's still tough to say. But if the Cardinals want to return to the postseason this fall, they'll have to play up to the level of their rivals from the north side. What level is that, exactly? I don't really know, but Corey Fennerin, host of the Ivy Envy podcast, hopefully does. And he's been kind enough to step into my office, so to speak, to tell me about it and you, by proxy. Now, as you all know by now, these previews have been available as video and audio only. If you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, you get to see these in all their glory with fancy graphics and team colors and all. If you're subscribed to the Birds on the Black podcast, you might miss out on the fancy visuals, but you still get all the info you need to be prepared for each and every series. This is the part where I tell you that technology is wonderful when it works, and my nemesis when it doesn't. Because after recording this delightful conversation with Corey, I discovered that my Skype recorder captured a crystal clear video feed on his end and just this awkward freeze frame on mine. For the whole conversation. So it's not quite as fancy-schmancy as usual, but the info is just as golden. So, Corey, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to help me look ahead to this weekend's big Cubs-Cardinals showdown, the first one for 2018. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Tara. So, okay, the Cubs are pretty much by every measure the favorites to win the division again, but let's back up a little bit. Coming off of last season, 92 wins, a trip back to the NLCS, coming just short of going back to the World Series. What did you feel like the biggest areas of concern were for the Cubs in 2018? And and how do you think those were addressed over the offseason?
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, especially, you know, like postseason play tends to, um, I guess, like kind of taint what your view of the team is, you know, whatever they struggled with, the last thing your team struggles with, like that's the biggest issue, you know, yeah. um, And so as we saw in the in the uh, NLCS against the Dodgers, uh, the Cubs bullpen really just kind of melted down. And um, and so I think the bullpen was the biggest area of concern. And um, but I don't think that that was something that is, um, you know, just a recency bias or whatever from the NLCS. Um, I I think that the bullpen really did need to be um, upgraded and strengthened. And maybe they don't have to dip into AAA so much to bring up guys that probably shouldn't really even be up there. And I felt like that's kind of what the Cubs had to do a few times last year. Uh, And that puts a lot of pressure on the starters um, when your manager can't really trust uh, who they have out in the bullpen. So I think the Cubs really did a lot to, to strengthen. I think they did as much as they could uh, without overspending and, and kind of um, I guess, uh, well, You know, they lost Wade Davis, uh, who was excellent for the Cubs last year, but I don't really think they wanted to pay him what the Rockies paid him. So I think they were trying to be uh, fiscally responsible with what they had. And, you know, the players that are coming up uh, into arbitration here in the next handful of years and, and potentially being able to bring in Bryce Harper or somebody like that uh in this upcoming offseason. So I I felt like the Cubs did a lot with the amount of resources that they put into it. So, you know, bringing in Brandon Morrow um and and Steve Ciechek. I mean, right now uh, those are the two guys that have stood out the most, I think, uh as far as uh you know, new acquisitions for the bullpen that have really helped them a lot already this season.
0: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the bullpen because that has been a pretty significant factor for both the Cubs and the Cardinals early, I think. But before we get there, um, the the season started pretty much as well as you could possibly want a season to start. And of course, I'm talking about Ian Happ hitting a home run on the first pitch of the 2018 season as a Cardinals fan waiting for the Cardinals game to start. I was like, come on, really (laughs) for real. Um, But it it hasn't quite been the, (laughs) the fairy tale that you might expect to follow that, Been a little bit of a roller coaster in the first couple of weeks, of course, splitting the series with the Marlins, then only ending up playing that one game with the Reds, then dealing with the Brewers and the Pirates back to back successfully with the Brewers, a little bit of trouble with the Pirates. And then you play the Braves and score, what, 11 runs in the last three innings of the game for a comeback win on Saturday. Taking all of that in, what do you possibly make of the first couple of weeks of the season?
1: And, you know, that's just it. You can't really <laughs> anything from the first. I mean, you really can't just in general, the first two and a half weeks, you look at statistics and I mean, they're so uh, just the small sample size wreaks havoc on trying to figure out what exactly you have. Um, and that's so I think, you look, right it does. It really does. And, and I think you need to uh, as a Cubs fan right now, like the way I look at it is what can you take away from a game where it's like, what, 37 degrees and raining and miserable for both teams yet the score ends up being 14 to 12 or 15 to 12 whatever ended up being And, and, and it makes no sense um but uh but i think like if i'm looking at a game like that like i can't look at that result and say oh well that's what the cubs offense is because uh they didn't really hit the ball all over the place like you would expect um and tell me like I cannot believe there's a game where it was 37 degrees and that many runs are scored. That's like a one, nothing game, you know, like (laughs) and two home runs in the first inning. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but, but yeah. And that's what, you know, I I feel like the Cubs really have been pretty stable over, you know, really since the second half of 2015, they, they pretty much are what they appear to be. And, and, um, it doesn't really change too much. And, um, and so really I kind of feel like that's what, you know, a lot of Cubs fans can be irritated with their inability to hit with runners in scoring position. Well, guess what? They hit like two thirty-seven with runners in scoring position last year. So that's probably going to carry over. That's kind of what this team is. Um so I, I it's 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 been an interesting and in the fact I mean, you can probably agree with me the fact that the Brewers are sitting atop the division and uh uh, in the, or, I mean, I'm sorry, the Pirates and, and the Brewers are right there in the mix of it, which I think we kind of expected, but I don't think we expected the Pirates to be playing as well as they are right now. And, um, but I, you know, that's what makes baseball fun, I guess.
0: The Pirates kind of did that for a little while last year. The Reds sort of did that at the beginning of last season, where all of a sudden they were hanging out at the top of the division and everybody was going, this can't be right. <laughs> um, and I and,
1: expected that this year, but right. not-
0: <laughs> that is not what the Reds are, at least not this far into the season. But it's funny, you mentioned uh, the way that as fans, uh, it's easy to sort of get wrapped up in every single moment of every single game. It's been interesting watching, because I I think we get sort of secluded into our own fan base most of the time and see the drama, including Twitter drama and the way people react to things within our own fan base. Um, It's been interesting and a little bit fun just from an outsider's perspective to see another team's fan base sort of going through those same roller coaster of emotions and our team's the greatest to our team's never going to win again. How right, do, <laughs> right, right? How do you sort of ride that wave of uh, talking to people? And I'm sure you have friends and and Cubs fans who try to help figure out what this team is. And and all of a sudden, you're dealing with a lot of drama to start the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know the fact that you know being involved in Cubs social media and baseball social media. I mean, I can't really uh, you can't really avoid uh, Cubs Twitter Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, it tends to, and I'm sure it's the same way with Cardinals Twitter. Well, the extremes are who, uh, kind (laughs) of dictates, they dictate the conversation. And so, um, you know, with our podcast, what we tend to do is we try to be, um, a little more stable, I guess, in our evaluation of the Cubs. Um, you know there there are uh, people that interact with us that swear that this is the worst Cubs team they've ever seen and it's it, i find it amazing uh that you can become that spoiled in the matter of like 2 or 3 years how <laughs> like, quickly you,
0: people forget
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and that this is the same team that has done all of those magical things uh that we have seen over the last few years and so um you know a lot of the feedback we get from from listeners on our podcast is that uh they listen to us to kind of like bring them back to reality that we kind of have that like calming effect where we're not, you know, we're not being uh, you know, overly positive. I mean, you still have to discuss and address the 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 uh things that are um, you know, issues with the team. But at the same time you have to keep things into perspective that as Cubs fans, we have seen much worse teams than the players that are on the field right now. And we can't forget that.
0: You mentioned the fact that the Cubs have basically been this team that's pretty good for the last couple of seasons. I think the flip side is where Cardinals fans are right now in that they've seen their team get progressively worse over the last couple of seasons. And so then to start to see some of those similarities early in the year, that's when the panic starts to set in a little bit. But likewise, I think it's probably best not to take too much out of the first two and a half weeks of the season and just sort of let things settle in a little bit, let the weather warm up for one thing. So you can start right. playing some normal games uh, and then go from there. But you mentioned one of the primary concerns for the Cubs early on has been hitting with runners and scoring position. It also actually has been for the Cardinals as well. And that's something that I've talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks is that even when they're scoring runs, they're, they're leaving a lot of runs on the table. They're not necessarily scoring in ways that are sustainable. For comparison, right now the Cardinals are hitting 235 with runners in scoring position. The Cubs, I I believe, are at 193 with runners in scoring position. I was shocked that it was even that much difference because it feels like the Cardinals have maybe had two hits with runners in scoring position all season (laughs) so far. So, again, perception is not always reality. But is this something that you're concerned about?
1: I mean, I am as far as... um that you don't want to see your team hitting below 200 with runners in scoring position. And really, you know, 237, I think that's what they were last year, somewhere in there. Like, that's not great either. But I think that a lot of fans fall into this, um, you know, just just unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of, oh, if you're, t- you know, they should be hitting like 500 with runners in scoring position. It's like, well, no, that's, you know... <laughs> that no that's not how it works (laughs) um and i think that one thing that i i've always kind of seen you know the cubs have over the last two or three years have been right there at the top of major league baseball and as far as runs scored you know and i mean yeah right you have to hit with runners in scoring position but at the same time you know the cubs get on base and when you have a a, when you have a lot of guys getting on base you can't always drive them in like the inning is going to end with someone on base and they may be on second or third base (laughs) so um I, it just, it, you know, it doesn't really concern me too much. Of course, I don't like to see it where it is right now. And, and there are m- moments where it's extremely frustrating, especially in these first couple of weeks where there have been a lot of opportunities. And th- a lot of the games they've lost, they have missed great opportunities. And, and those are the games that they're going over seven or over nine with runners in scoring position. And it is very frustrating. But over the course, you know, thankfully, this is a 162 game season, and those things do you know, balance out over the course of time. And uh, for every game where that happens, they go 0 for 9, they're going to have a game where they're 6 for 11 or something like that. So I really do think it balances out, and it's not something that I'm overly concerned about.
0: I was listening to your podcast in uh, preparing for this, making sure I knew a little bit about where the Cubs were so far this season. Um, And I did, you said something to the effect of, you know, I'd rather have runners in scoring position and sometimes not drive them in than not have runners in scoring position. Um, And I thought that was a very... astute way of putting it because it's true and and the Cardinals have been in a number of situations especially in this last series with the Reds where they're not facing great pitching they're getting walked a lot and and in the back of your mind you're thinking yeah okay but they're still not driving in these runs but they do have the opportunities and um, you know when you have runners on base things are likely going to happen Um, sometimes they're gonna break your way sometimes they're not but it's it's you're more likely to score with runners in scoring position than without you're right. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> there's <I> mean, that. <laughs> let's be,
1: and let's be fair. Like the weather has been miserable yeah. in the Midwest so far this season. And, and so, um, you know, there's a reason I wasn't outside doing stuff today. <laughs> it's cause it was miserable. And I, you know, I didn't, I would not want to go outside and play ball. And if I did, my numbers would probably not be very good. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was snowing here again today. And I really just wanted to, hibernate until summer actually <laughs> decides decides to show up. Uh and I can imagine yeah. that most uh professional baseball players feel the same way. They'd like to just not play until it's warm outside either. Um, well, and,
1: yeah, I mean you and you look in you know, I'm not making an excuse for a team, but at the same time you look at like what happened in yesterday's game with giving up, you know, Quintana having a, a really difficult time pitching. You know, you try going out there when it's 37 degrees and raining and try to get a good grip on a ball uh, when you're not used to that type of weather. So, I mean, I really think offensively and pitching everything like he just kind of it's I'm not saying just throw it out completely, but know that these things are going to happen.
0: Now, one guy that the Cubs have been without is Anthony Rizzo. What is his status? Is he going to be back for the the series with the Cardinals? And and do you expect that he will be pretty much back to 100%?
1: Yeah, they said today that he will be back uh, for tomorrow's uh, game. Um, I I think, you know, and Rizzo's had some of these back issues in the past. um, And so it was one of those uh, things where when they put him on the DL, or or even when the first couple games that he sat out, wasn't completely surprising. Um, just because it it has been cold. I mean, well, I guess they were in. Uh, well, Cincinnati was cold, I think. So, so they, they he had played in at least one cold game. But uh, you know, when they came up to to uh, Milwaukee, it was in the 30s. I mean, granted, it's a, it's a dome, uh, but it was still chilly in there. And then coming to Wrigley now, like I just think that they put him on that 10 day deal because there's no reason to have Anthony Rizzo out there early season. Um, You know, playing in a series that, yeah, every win matters or whatever, but it's not worth the risk of having him on the DL for a longer period of time uh, because of his back. So um, now whether or not he steps right back in on Monday and is just like he always was, I don't know. Um, But I, I really don't think that the Cubs would have him in this series or playing on Monday if he wasn't 100%. And, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's the type of player that it feels like even when he is not, um, you know, if he's in a cold stretch or something in a slump, um, he's still dangerous at the plate. He still really makes pitchers work. He's still going to get those hit by pitches. So he's going to get on base. So, um, so I, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect from him in this series with the Cardinals, but, uh, I will say it's going to be nice to have him back because, um, you look at some of their offensive struggles here in these first few weeks. And when one of the best bats is not in the order, uh, you think about you know what, what could have maybe happened if he was in the order.
0: And uh, he hit 283 with runners in scoring position last year. So I imagine he'll be uh, a key to sort of changing the trend there. Another thing that a lot of people have been talking about besides Javi Baez, because everyone's talking about Javier <laughs> Baez, uh, is the Cubs, and we can talk about Javi if you want, um, but is the Cubs' strikeout numbers? That's the sort of other thing that seems to be what people are – a little concerned about. Now, the Cardinals actually have more strikeouts on the young season than the Cubs do. I think uh, starting the year against Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Robbie Ray probably has something to do yep. with that. Some pretty high strikeout pitchers there. But again, is this something that you, you see normalizing a little bit, or is this sort of who the Cubs are, uh, and they're successful in spite of that?
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, if you look at their uh, strikeout rate, I believe it's within a percentage point of what it was last season for the whole season. So um, this is what they are. They're going to strike out. You know, I I think their strikeout rate is somewhere around 23 or 25%, somewhere in there. Um, It's a team that does strike out. um, But uh, I I think that with certain players, you're seeing those strikeout rates go down. um, And so that's really encouraging. uh, When you look at, at individual players, But uh, strikeouts don't really concern me, Uh, and especially with an offense that is built like the Cubs offense is built. You know, if you have a lot of guys that can knock the ball out of the park, um, they're most likely going to strike out a lot, too. And so that's just kind of what this team is. And I think that, um, like with any fan base, um, those things are only issues, really, when the team loses. (laughs) So I think, you know, if the Cubs could actually uh, get a little bit of a winning streak going, um, I think, you know, a lot of that concern would kind of go away and it's a lot of fans would realize like, Oh yeah, that's just what this team is.
0: Obviously, like I said, adding Rizzo back into the mix helps sort of normalize what that lineup looks like on a day-to-day basis. I was looking at it though. The Cubs so far have used 13 different, batting orders this season in 14 games. The Cardinals (laughs) have used seven, which is a pretty dramatic change from a a Mike Matheny sort of era mentality. He's normally the guy that changes it every day. When you look at the lineup, the leadoff spot has been something that's been talked about. Who's going to hit leadoff for the Cubs? Is it Hap? Is it Almora? What do you do in that spot? And then sort of how does that shift everything else? What do you think should happen or do you expect to happen with this sort of ever changing lineup?
1: Well, I don't think that's going to change. I mean, that's (laughs) That's kind of of the Madden way. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what, that's what Joe Madden's done uh, since he came over. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at the lineup that the Cubs have, I don't really think this is a team where you can just have an everyday lineup because there are guys that need to be worked in. And it, you know, at the beginning of the season, uh, Ben Zobrist was, was, um, injured during spring training, uh, didn't play a lot last year, did not have a great year. He's getting older. I think he's 36 or 37 somewhere in there. And so you think, okay, well, this is kind of the downside. Uh, you know, it's the, the, he's on his way down. Um, And, and then he comes out to start the season and is playing great. He's got an OBP over 400. And so you're like, well, okay, well, they got to work him into the lineup. So, you know, he's somebody that could be your leadoff guy, but then where exactly do you put him on the field? Because if you put him in at second base, which is kind of what he was brought to the Cubs to play second base, that's taking Javi Baez off the field, which I don't think anybody wants. And uh, so it's just, I don't envy Madden um, in in his uh, responsibility of developing young players, getting them the time that they need and and fielding the the team that gives you uh, the best chance to win. And I don't really think the Cubs, I don't expect them to have a, a, uh, you know, regular leadoff hitter. I think it's going to be between Zobrist, Almora and Hap, probably for the most part. But, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Cause you can just kind of play the hot hand and play. And right now it's been Zobrist. Um, so, I it's it is uh it's interesting to see what Madden does with his lineups and um the the what a lot of Cubs fans would tell you not me necessarily is that uh perhaps our right fielder needs to uh not play quite so much but um personally even though uh he's nowhere near uh the offensive threat that he was when he was with the Cardinals I love having him on defense and uh you know I I feel bad for him so I just don't want to You know, I don't want to see him on the bench, I guess. But uh, but yeah, I I don't I don't if you're looking for stability and an everyday lineup that that Joe runs out there, it's just not going to (laughs) happen.
0: I think, well, first of all, listen, as a Cardinals fan, I feel bad for Jason Hayward. So uh, it's, it's been a rough go, but you're right. Defensively, he still adds value there and and there's no denying that. Um, but I do think it takes uh, an interesting mix of players to sort of adapt to that constant change and not necessarily know where they're going to be in the lineup or on the field when they come to the stadium every day. And I think that's Uh, That's an interesting approach. The Cardinals have tried to do that the last couple of years, giving Mike Matheny a lot of flexibility as far as guys that can play multiple positions, guys that can hit different places in the order. And it hasn't worked Uh, this year. They've gone for a much more stable look. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, you wake up and uh, look at the lineup for that day and you expect it to be something crazy. And more often than not, it's the same eight guys going out there. Now there have been some injuries that have made it a little bit easier Jed Jerko will be returning to the team here shortly, maybe for this series. They haven't con- confirmed that yet, and that complicates things a little bit on the infield. But other than that, it's been uh, it's been pretty uh, copy and paste most of the time, unless it's a getaway day or you know some right. lefty that they've already won the series, and then then you have no idea what the lineup's going to look like. It could be it could be just about anything. They had Greg Garcia leading off the other day in a game that was interesting. Um, But yeah, it's I do think it takes a a different mindset for the players to come in knowing that that sort of inconsistency is going to be the norm.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's something that uh, Madden has probably um, kind of instilled in these players. Uh, And I think it helps the fact that most of them are young and uh, have come up since 2015 Um, and so they've been with Madden and they know that that's just the way that it goes. And I think that because they've had success, you know, it's easy to say like, Hey, well, you know, I I think a lot of athletes, yeah, sure. Of course they care about their individual numbers and performances and stuff, but they also care about wins. And so I think that, uh, you know, I don't think it'll always be this way. I think that there will be a season or a time when things could get a little bit, uh, you know. I don't want to say they could get ugly, but I think that you could have some players that are like, Hey, I, you know, I, I deserve this and I deserve a regular spot and I'm, you know, playing third base today and left field tomorrow and first base the day after that. And, you know, it's not exactly, uh, I'm not exactly in little league. <laughs> you know, I'd like to <laughs> know where I'm playing. So, um, but yeah, I think for right now it just, it's worked so far. And I think that Madden will continue to do that. And I think that, you know, with this front office, I think that the Cubs have really made an effort to I mean, ever since that uh, Thad and Geo, sorry, <laughs> Theo and Jed uh, came in, um, they kind of, you know, made sure that they drafted and brought in. The right people, you know, they, they talked a lot about character and things like that. And I think that that's part of that personality test or whatever for the Cubs is, um, you know, somebody that is going to be flexible and play, you know, can play under someone like Joe Madden, uh, which was a little bit surprising that John Lackey came to the Cubs. But, hey, you know,
0: <laughs> surprising you when that. he came to the Cardinals, too. But that's a different <laughs> story. <laughs> Uh, so I do actually want to talk about pitching before we wrap this up, but before I do that, I want to ask one more question about a position player because so a couple of years ago, Matt Adams showed up to spring training actually in the best shape of his life, not just saying that. Um, and then this year, Jed Jerko showed up having lost a bunch of weight, super skinny. I had several people tell me that I needed to ask you about skinny (laughs) schrober. Yeah, yeah. What is uh What is the latest on Schwarber and how this new physique is uh is playing into the young season?
1: <laughs> well, he looks good. That's for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's and that's the, I, I just talked about like character, you know, and that they wanted to bring in a certain type of player, and I I think that because they 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 reached for Schwarber in the draft, that was the narrative, you know, that they he was expected to go later in the first round. Uh, the Cubs had a, a, an earlier pick and grabbed him. And a lot of people thought that was a little strange. Um, and I think that what we have seen from him, uh, like, as far as his work ethic goes, I think that's the reason, one of the big reasons that he is on this team. And I think that, um, you know, he, he was a guy that probably didn't have to worry about his weight too much when he was behind the plate and probably, you know, in college playing for Indiana because, uh, you just don't maybe don't have those same expectations of uh agility and everything that all of a sudden when he's pushed into left field um he needs to be a little bit more agile and that's really what i took away from this last off season of course uh my you know information source is the uh highly produced cubs videos <laughs> that they put out um but watching him do a lot of those agility drills and you know i i was really excited more than him losing weight was to see that he was more agile in the field and had better footwork. And we haven't necessarily seen that yet this year, but you know, it's a long season. I think we'll have the opportunity to see that. Um, but uh, you know, I've tried to lose weight, it's tough. I'm impressed when somebody can lose thirty. Of course, you know, they have better trainers than we do, I guess. <laughs> Helps but, when um, you have
0: the resources, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, there are a lot of players that that don't make those yeah. changes. And I, I think the big concern with Shorber was okay, uh, he's a guy that can hit the ball on top of the scoreboard. And if he drops thirty or forty pounds, how much of that is muscle? How much of it was baby fat and is that going to affect his, his power? And, uh, from what we've seen so far, it did not affect his power. I mean, he's only got three home runs, but in two and a half weeks, that's not too bad. So, um, I, I think that, um, and, you know, based on the struggles that we saw from him last year at the beginning of the season and then being sent to Iowa and triple a, um, you know, I think that he is the type of player that, that is, uh, he seems to have, uh, he seems to be extremely motivated and, uh, to really, put a lot of work into his game. And so I think that the weight loss was part of it. Um, And that undoubtedly has to help him in the field too. I think uh, as far as being able to, to uh, get around.
0: Imagine what also helps in the field is it not being raining or snowing when, <laughs> when you're playing in the field. So hopefully we can get away from that at some point. Um, but as far as the pitching, looking forward to this series with uh, the Cubs not playing on Sunday sort of shifts the probable pitchers. The Cardinals will not see you Darvish. Or as uh, the, one of the Cardinals uh, commentators today said, I believe he called him Hugh Darvish. That was, oh, that was, so it could be Hugh Darvich. They're not going to see him either, whoever that is. Uh, they're also not going to see Quintana. It'll be Chatwood, uh, Ken, uh, Hendricks and Lester in mm-hmm. the three games for the Cardinals against Waka, Wainwright and Weaver. Not in that order, right. <laughs> it, yeah. uh, but those are the three that they'll see. Um, and And when you look at what this rotation has been for the Cubs, some high expectations, I think maybe a little bit of a slow start.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we keep kind of like going back to the well on this weather stuff, but (laughs) I think it is an issue. Um, But I also think that we haven't seen a lot of, we've seen really good starts from pretty much each one of these pitchers. And we've seen really bad starts from each one of these pitchers. And um, there's, you know, Chatwood is your is your number five. And so uh, you you would expect I, I think it's safe to expect number five type outings uh, from him. Um, and it's not shocking in the early season to see really any starter kind of struggle. And, um, you know, and, and I, I don't want to blame the weather, but there have been specific instances, for instance, Quintana yesterday um, and, and even uh, Darvish uh, the day before. That, um, you know, it just kind of there was weird things that happened in the game. He actually got called for a balk and just completely lost it. And uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that, you know, little things like that, that those are the types of things that like at the end of the season, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that one start that was really bad. That's strange. Um, But right now, those things kind of like really stand out. And so, um, I, I, I'm looking for more consistency from the starting pitchers. I think as the weather warms up, as they're able to get better grips on the ball, as they're, you know, and I, I actually, um, one thing I I actually meant to look at, uh, before we talked today was it, it seemed like the starters also didn't maybe, I felt like maybe they didn't get quite enough work in spring training that their innings were kind of low and so that, you know, and I think part of that would be the fact that, you know, uh, not to sound like anything is expected, but the Cubs have made the post season for the, you know, the last handful of years. And so uh, you also don't want your starters to kind of run out of gas at that point in the season. And so I thought, well, maybe that's why they were taking it easier on them. Um, but that also means that you're using early season games as kind of tune up uh, starts, I guess. So, So it has been a very strange, um, strange set of games so far because you literally have seen a great outing and a pretty poor outing from each pitcher. And so um, I I think if we could get somewhere in the middle, then then that would be good.
0: (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned the spring training innings, because that's something I actually brought up about the Cardinals rotation um, after their well, first time through the rotation and then a couple of guys into that second time through. And all of a sudden they were looking a lot better. And I wondered the same thing. None of them pitched really more than four innings um, in, in spring training games with a couple of exceptions. And surprisingly, those guys that had pitched more in the spring looked a lot sharper their first time through the rotation. So I do think that that comes into play alongside the weather and just the early season, you know, sort of getting into that routine. Um, and it's interesting seeing that, uh, sort of carry through to maybe a, another organization doing the same thing. I mentioned that the bullpen has been a relative strength for the Cubs so far. And I would say for the Cardinals after an off season where I feel like I have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans. And we talked about this, uh, in relation to our relative teams, uh, and what their plans were for the bullpen. Because there were a lot of pieces that had to fall into place. And it didn't look really really good, to, to be completely honest, most of the offseason. And the Cardinals really, they, they didn't sign a closer until opening day. And we still haven't right. seen a whole lot of good out of Greg Holland yet. But the shaping up of the bullpen has been a, sort of a work in progress. But I think you mentioned adding Morrow, adding Steve Ciszek, And the Cardinals have on their end uh, a young stud in Jordan Hicks, who's just blowing everybody away at 21 years old. Um, They've gotten some good, surprisingly good innings from Bud Norris out of the bullpen. So all of a sudden, these two teams uh, that looked like they might have some relief issues, it seems to be a bit of a strength so far. Is that surprising to you? Or did you feel like maybe the expectations were unnecessarily low?
1: Um, Well, for the Cubs, I mean, I think that I I did expect the bullpen to look pretty good. And I think that the bullpen looked really good at times last year and then not good at all at times. Um, But I think, you know, what I what I tend to tell a lot of Cubs fans is um, every team's bullpen stinks uh, (laughs) some of the time. (laughs) And so, um, you know, there is a reason that these guys aren't starters. uh, And and it's just it's bound to happen when you come out and you pitch one inning or you pitch to one batter, um, it doesn't take much for your ERA to suddenly look terrible and for these bad games to really stand out. Um, You know, for instance, uh, Carl Edwards Jr., um, who I think is probably the closer of the future, maybe, um, I hope. Um, he, he kinda had the same thing where like he looks great most of the time, and then he'll have a couple of games where he just cannot find the strike zone. And uh and it might take him two or three appearances after that, like I think is somewhat common with young pitchers um to be able to build that confidence back up. Um, but I you know, the Cubs bullpen has looked great. They the Cubs really haven't had to use them a lot and they've kind of been uh, you know, blessed with good timing of days off and rain outs and things. Um, and so, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, but this, the bullpen will look ugly. I, at some <laughs> point, I absolutely guarantee it. So
0: it's sort of inevitable that at some point you're going to be thinking there's no one out there that can get outs, especially right. yeah. in the ninth inning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's, I'm hoping it doesn't happen this week against the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> well, in that light, when I look at the, the Cubs lineup, there are a number of guys that I just, every time I look at that lineup, I think, man, if they can just get past Rizzo or if they can just get past this one guy, I'm going to feel pretty good about their chances in this series. When you look at the Cardinals this year, is there someone or a part of that lineup or a guy in the bullpen that you think, man, this is, this is, the, this is the part of this series that's going to be tough?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if I look at historically uh, it's just felt like the Cardinals lineup was full of those types of players. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I can think of, you know, several, you know, Grichik and Piscotty that are no longer with the team. It just seemed like uh, they killed the Cubs yeah. uh, every time given, you know, they, they had the opportunity. They kill
0: anybody to- else, but the Cubs, <laughs> right. <they> were great.
1: <laughs> oh, no. And that's a very common thing across <laughs> baseball. Let me tell you, yes. know, there are lots <laughs> of players that are Cubs killers and that's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, the same thing. And, and that's the way I felt like when um when Hayward was on the Cardinals, I just dreaded seeing him come up because, I mean, he had such a great season in 2015, but it just seemed like the Cubs could not get him out. And that's one reason I was so excited uh, when the Cubs did sign him. But I guess as far as this year goes, I think Molina is always that guy. Um, You know, I never feel comfortable with him up there if the game is close. I think Carpenter. Um, you know, for the most part, except for when he's pitching Lester, uh, who seems to be able to, uh, w- dominate him, which, uh, um, so those two guys I, just historically have been, I think Jerko, uh, I can remember a couple times last year, he seemed to, uh, you know, came up with some really timely hits against the Cubs. Um, but then this year I'm really intrigued by, uh, Jose Martinez and, uh, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little nervous about, uh you know, the numbers that he's putting up heading into the, to this uh, series. But then, you know, Azuna, you know, uh, being new, that's, I don't know. I'm a Cubs fan, so in- instinctively I'm scared <laughs> of other players. <laughs> so I'd, I listed a whole bunch.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, I could have listed a lot more than just Rizzo, but he seems to be the one that always comes up. And I'm like, well, this, this inning's not going to end well. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Jose Martinez, I think, is intriguing a lot of people, Cardinals fans included. Um, honestly, I didn't expect quite this much from him. Um, but man, there's, there's no one that he's faced that he can't hit off of. And it's, it's uh, amazing to see him sort of come out of nowhere after a career in the minor leagues and be as good as he is, but he's been, wait a minute, uh, wait a
1: minute. I got to call you out on that. That is, that is what the Cardinals do. Like, that's,
0: <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's a, <laughs> It should that's not a surprise
1: point. you at all. You should be used to this.
0: But usually there's some inkling of knowing they're coming even if the rest of baseball doesn't. With Jose okay, Martinez, right. he was kind of that guy that was like that quad A player that you were just like, yeah, he's fine, and I'm sure he'd be serviceable as a backup, but he's not going to come up and lead the National League in almost every offensive category Um, and all of a sudden here he is, uh, threatening to lead the league in all the offensive categories. So it's been, even, even as a Cardinals fan, who's used to seeing that (laughs) Jose Martinez was still a bit of a surprise, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he can, you know, sustain it, I guess, but, uh, early season for this series, uh, I'm, I am nervous about him.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it may be for the Cardinals, uh, good timing for him taking on the Cubs with the. Uh, run that he's been on, but we'll see. One thing is for sure, I never try to predict Cubs-Cardinals games because (laughs) everything that you can possibly think of is possible (laughs) in this series. So we'll we'll just have to see what happens, especially with the weird things that have happened already in the first two weeks.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Corey, I won't take up any more of your time, but thanks so much for helping me set the stage for what I'm sure will be another... (sighs) wild and exciting uh rivalry series between the Cubs and the Cardinals the the Red Sox and the Yankees might think they have the best rivalry in baseball and the uh brawl the other night may have instigated some of that but I may be a little biased but I think the Cubs and the Cardinals are right up there
1: yeah I I totally agree I think this is so much fun that I'm really happy that like um you know a couple years ago I really felt that the Cardinals were kind of on their way down you know it kind of seemed like 2015 was kind of like the passing of the torch it yeah. felt like. Um, and so, um, but a part of me and, and I hope none of our listeners hear me say this. Um, I really enjoy both teams being competitive. I think that it's a lot of fun and, um, I, I look forward to like every Cubs Cardinal series. I have a lot of friends that are Cardinals fans. Um, and so I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it's good for the Midwest. I, I, I think it's great that, you know, we, we, the Cubs Cardinals series started a couple, you know, started the season a couple. Well, did they do it? Yeah, they did yeah. it two years in a row, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten a lot of the Sunday night ESPN broadcasts. I mean, I just think it's good for the division. It's good for the National League. It's good for the Midwest. And it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, I fully expect it to be another fun season. I think that the NL Central is going to be interesting this year. So it's been a... Quick start to some of that drama with all the NL Central games this month, and I'm sure this weekend will be no different. So uh, thanks again for your time.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on.
0: You might have noticed, but the weather was a bit of a theme throughout this preview, and it's been a theme throughout most of the first two and a half weeks of the season. As of Sunday night, it looks like Monday will once again be very cold at game time, Tuesday will be barely warmer, and Wednesday's forecast calls for a rain-snow mix. So we may or may not play three games at Wrigley this week. But if we do, it'll be Adam Wainwright and Tyler Chatwood in Game 1 on Monday at 6.05, both looking for their first wins on the year, if pitcher wins is a stat that you care about. Then it's Michael Wacca against John Lester in Game 2 with a 7.05 start time, and if either pitcher can feel their fingers in spite of the wind chill, they'll be looking to tighten things up a bit after a couple of so-so starts. And then it's Luke Weaver opposite Kyle Hendricks on Wednesday. Now, Weaver carries a .98 whip into Wednesday's start, while Hendricks, at 17 innings pitched, has seen the most action of any of the Cubs' five starters. But honestly, throw it all out the window. Nothing really seems to happen according to plan when the Cubs and the Cardinals play ball. And I don't expect this series to be any different. Don't forget to check out birdsontheblack.com for daily recaps on about last night, as well as tons of other goodies from the rest of the gang. I'm Tara Wellman, thanks again to Corey Finnerin. I'll see you next time.